You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 486, it's the medium-sized Christmas quiz, why the Christmas top 40 means the end of the record business, and the top Christmas albums of all time. That's all coming up after David Sigerson and It's a Big Country. Got some folks in Oklahoma Never been out there myself But Aunt Ruby bakes some bread at least And sends it east To help the celebration Got an uncle in Los Angeles Beverly Hills to be precise Quite away from Oklahoma But then so's New York Now ain't that nice It's a big country Merry Christmas everybody Just a word from me and then to say we're fine Got some cousins up in Bozeman Raising sheep out in the snow Merry Christmas girls, you're crazy But I guess you know Picture how she's grown. It's your uncle calling Angel. Can you put your mama on the phone? It's a big country. Merry Christmas, everybody. Just a word from me and then to say we're fine. Between us, we're picking four of our favourite Christmas songs and we're going for ones that maybe are not quite so well known. This one is from an intriguing bloke who's been a writer for Melody Maker and the New York Times, a producer for the Bangles and Tori Amos. He's been president of EMI Records, wrote a novel and wrote songs for the Muppets Christmas movie. So, and then this, from the Z Label's Christmas record in 1981, David Sigerson and It's a Big Country. I did not know that he did all those things. What a polymath. I, as, as an aspirant polymath myself, mm. I very much admire him. That's, that's absolutely extraordinary career. Hello and welcome to the Parish Council recorded in Christmas week 2020. Mm. Uh, this is episode 486. I'm Terence Stackham and, well, 
<laughs> Let's find out. Will, will, has she been naughty or nice? It's Juliet <laughs> Harris. I think there are different people with different opinions on that, frankly. Give it, you know, there, there have been varying versions of the Juliet Harris experience this year. However, I, I call it a score draw on that count, <laughs> I think, this year. That's that's where I'm going quite anyway. Happy Christmas to everyone. I have a beer. I don't have to work for six days. All is well with the world. Now, well, Jules, what would a Christmas special edition be without a Christmas quiz? Oh, I'm, I've, I'm, when you told me we were going to do a quiz, I, I was so excited. I barely slept last night. I was very excited for this. <laughs> it would be nothing. That, that's what it would be. Is, the, is Nada. So this, yeah, absolutely. This, this first section is to see if the listener can equal or even beat your score in I the... I the listener, or possibly even a plural of listeners probably hmm. can, I think. It's the Parish Council Christmas Cracker. Yeah. Now, your first task Mm. is to spot five famous Christmas singles from five very short clips. Oh, okay. Shouldn't be too difficult, but they do come at you fast. Right. Five huge Christmas hits, one point for the artist, one for the song. Here they come. Take a look at the driver next to me He's just the same Now, for someone like you, I don't think that's going to prove too tricky. Let's find out. What were the... Five artists and the five songs. Well, they were. They you certainly did go with the classics, didn't you? They were. They were kickers, one and all. We started off with the excellent sleigh ride by the Ronettes. Oh, you did well there. I thought that could be the one that you might not know the artist, but you haven't let me down. Carry oh, on. Well, I, I knew. I, I, I knew that that album, which we may be discussing later, was was Maybe. fairly Ronette heavy. So I thought that was worth a worth a guess. Um, we had good old Chris Rea, and who in in previous pre tier times would have been driving home for christmas yep very good and also enjoyed his cameo on um, bob and uh, paul's uh, christmas fishing special i would recommend oh, really? if people haven't oh, seen that yes they, that. Uh, bob organizes a work a gone fishing works christmas party for paul and uh, much to paul's kind of eye rolling and uh, the special guest is chris rear who tells him a little bit about basically his various illnesses from what i could hear oh, from Lord. another room but anyway it was it's quite entertaining mostly for chris rear's um I mean, I'll say hair. I don't think it's his hair, but it's uh, it's uh, it's it's yeah. That's worth. That's a wonder of the world. Anyway, uh, third we had Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Correct. Those six. So I mean, fast, you'd assume it. that you'd assume that they would know by now, I guess. But anyway, um, number four. Apologies to anybody that was still in I Whamageddon know, because you're not luck. now. Yes, yeah. uh, Terence. The <laughs> who would have seen your foreseen your Grinch-like behaviour of a Whamageddon uh, last Christmas by Wham. Yes, and the last one. Well, I because I, I was I was scribbling down frantically. There's a word that looks like muesli written in my fifth space, but I <laughs> well, presume that means Mariah, as yes. in Mariah Carey. And all I want for Christmas is you. And those songs in order in in, in this week's top forty are forty, thirteen, seven, two, and one. Ah. So they're all in the UK top forty this week, and that's a subject that we shall return to in a while. You know the Band Aid one. I I mm. met um, Gary Kemp about five years all ago. Right. 
talking about Band-Aid, at the Soho Theatre. And we chatted mm. for a little while and I asked him about Band-Aid because I, you know, mm. talked to the, you know, someone who was there. And it was recorded in the run-up to Christmas 1984. And he told me it still makes him squirm to this day that Spandau Ballet turned up to the recording studio in a limousine. Oh, what? Oh, gosh. He still considers it the most ill-judged thing they ever did when mm. um, all the photographs showed everybody else sort of walking down the street and looking like Joe Ordinary and then Spandau yes. Ballet turn up in this stretch limousine. Mm. And he said, it, he, he literally said it uh, made, made him squirm. Well, so, I, I mean, fair play to him for having the, the self-awareness and the courage to, to, to not I, only recognise that, but admit that. There are lots of people who probably wouldn't have given that a second thought. So as misguided as it was it does show that he's decent at heart i think to regret it it led me to a question though jules do you mm. come do you come to record the podcast each week <laughs> in a limousine i mean previous listeners will know i barely come clothed never mind anything else <laughs> i'm actually in clothes of this i'm not in nightwear for once but um no i i have to say i don't feel that the journey from my bedroom or my front room to my spare bedroom really requires any kind of motorized oh, transport i haven't got that lazy it has to be said well no jules the thing is the quiz is not over listeners oh they think it's the all over over. Isn't it isn't over. absolutely yeah we better right. get, get we better get into this guys because this is where it gets really hard i've got five bonus questions for you mm. each of them multiple choice and wow, okay. they have a christmas pop music theme mm, nice. so let's see how you do and if the listeners can can beat you on this because they certainly couldn't have beat beaten you on the uh on the five christmas hits right here we go uh, question number one, multiple choice. Mm-hmm. An everlasting seasonal favourite, of course, is the animated film The Snowman. Mm. Who can forget, no matter how hard we try, <laughs> Alec Jones' number five hit in the UK with the Walking in the Air theme song mm. from the movie. Subsequently, there have been many cover versions, but which of these four did not cover Walking in the Air? Mm, okay. The Maccabees. Craftwork, Iron Maiden, Tangerine Dream. I mean, Three that is uh, unbelievably <laughs> covered walking in the I air. I mean, I can't believe that those four groups have appeared in the same sentence. Never mind the name <laughs> that they've covered the same thing. I mean, they. Oh, the, I think the Maccabees probably did it. I, I don't think it's. I don't think they're the odd one out. The other three. I'm going to say that Craftwork didn't do it. Correct. One out of one. Um, The Maccabees did it on a Radio 1 live. Yes, uh, I thought that was probably the most likely environment for that, I think. Iron Maiden played it on their 1986-87 tour. (laughs) And Tangerine Dream recorded it for their 1983 movie, The Keep. So, ah, that all makes sense, actually. I just felt it it just seemed odd, too odd, even for Craftwork, who are sort of, it doesn't seem odd on Craftwork's version in terms of odd, really. Question number two. Who doesn't love Wham's Last Christmas? Well, the people that, that have just heard it when they were trying to step playing along with Whamageddon, possibly. But anyway, so move on. Actually, some other people who don't like it. They're the mm. writers of one of Barry Manilow's biggest hits. Oh. Um, they certainly weren't so keen because in the mid-1980s, Dick James Music sued George Michael because mm. the writers felt that it was plagiarised from which Barry Manilow hit. And Ooh. there's going to be four to choose from. Okay. You know I... Can't smile without you. Can't smile without you. 
Oh, do we get? Do you going to sing them all? I, you're an unlikely Barry Manilow tribute, but then 2020 continues to surprise till its very end. I think I'm going to sing them all. There's no right. escape. I write the songs that make the whole world sing. I write the songs. <laughs> he said at, he didn't. Ironically, yeah. At, at the Copa Copacabana, and oh, Mandy, you came and you gave without taking. So can't smile without you. <laughs> Thank you for that treat. Yeah. Well, it's just a bonus for all the listeners. It's nice. It's a real Easter egg. <laughs> Can't smile without you. I write the songs. Copacabana, Mandy. The writers of one of those said, Wham's last Christmas was too close for comfort. I can't smile without you. Correct. Hey. Two out of two. The case was dismissed. Um because uh, the judge said that the, the chord sequence and the melody was so familiar that it could, you know, be used on so ah, many. Ah, that's interesting. I would have said personally, I would have said similar but not the same. Would have been my yeah. judgment on that. But um, yes, I see his point. Speaking of Wham's Last Christmas, George mm. Michael was 21 years old when he wrote, produced, and played every single instrument on Last Christmas. Wow. Uh, I mean, just what what a guy. I miss him so much. What a what a talented guy. Question three. You're doing so well. You're on track for a full house. Let's see if we can keep it going. The version of Wizards, I wish it could be Christmas every day, that we mm. now hear on the radio, streaming, CD versions, whatever, is actually a re-recording made in 1981. Why mm. did Wizard need to re-record okay. it? Four possibilities. The original mm. children's choir sued for royalties. The 1973 master tapes were lost, so it had to be re-recorded for the re-release. The original lyrics were deemed offensive, or Roy Wood wanted to re-record it in Greenland for a more authentic sound. Children's choir sued for royalties, master tapes lost, original lyrics offensive, Roy Wood in Greenland. I am. I've got a couple. I think it might be, but I'm going to say a. The children's choir sued for royalties. No, it was the. Oh. they'd lost the master tapes. Ah, uh, so they I wanted it to re-release it. Yeah, the the fair. master tapes were gone. Two out of three. Well, never mind. I wasn't expecting to get one. So you know, this is edit, everything's a bonus, Terence. Question number four, Juliet mm. and listeners. Mm, come on, gang. Between 2006 and 2016, which band released a Christmas single each year with guests each year, including from Elton John, Neil Tennant and Owen Wilson, amongst many others, released a Christmas single each year for 10 years? Was it Little Mix, Foo Fighters, Low or The Killers? I am going to say The Killers. Three out of four. Yes. It was the I, killers. It's the sort of chintzy, uh, sort of Vegasy type thing they would do, I think. Over a million dollars raised for the charity product Red. Wow. And the singles have That's included amazing. Don't Shoot Me Santa and Joseph Better <laughs> You Than Me. So great work from the Mr. <laughs> Brightside hit makers there. I was going to say, I would occasionally find Brandon Flowers to be a slight irritant, but I think he's a benign irritant rather than a malign irritant. So fair play, that's amazing to have raised all that money. Yeah, million quid for charity. Last question. I mm. gave you my heart. No, that's, that's not it. <laughs> hey. Question five. 
shared between writers Noddy Holder and Jim Lee, how mm. much in royalties oh, does wow. Slade's Merry Christmas Everybody pull in each year? This is derived from radio streaming, TV mm. shows, film, commercials, CD compilations. Four choices. How much do Jim Lee and Noddy Holder share each year? £20,000. £220,000. £520,000. One million and twenty thousand pounds. I think it's C five hundred and twenty. It's four out of five. For yes. Oh, that's not. I'm quite pleased with that. It's all right, isn't it? Hooray! That's, that's not bad. So, out of a possible fifteen, you got fourteen points. I wonder if any listener has achieved better than that. I, I think there'll be a few. I must admit. I think we we have a discerning audience. I feel there will be plenty that will know more than me. When you think about it, it's most extraordinary. That's £260,000 each to Jim Lee and Noddy Holder. Well, it's they, a pension plan, isn't it? It's, they it's, never it's, need it's work pension again. Plan that, no, other, absolutely. Well, they, you know, they, Noddy Holder only really needs to work in December if he wants any more <laughs> money, doesn't he, really? The rest of the time, it's just a hobby, isn't it? All down to one song. And this explains why the other two original members, guitarist Dave Hill and, and drummer mm. Don Powell, they've been slogging around playing gigs. Oh, as yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, sadly, that they fell out, fell, fell into disrepute this year. So now <laughs> there's well, Don they're, Powell they're... Slade and Dave Hill oh, Slade. Oh, God. Oh, man. It's even worse than Buck's fears, isn't it? Oh, gosh moral of the tale get a slice of the publishing royalties absolutely as, or as the the neil Tennant from the pet shop boys once put it about writers like or, or performers like kylie minogue taking co-credits on their on their singles change a word claim a third oh very good it's not yes. bad is it that's, that's, that's a very good uh, uh, a very a good slogan to to run with coming next why this week's top 40 confirms the record industry is over uh, and it may not be a bad thing. It, this could be a cheery, a cheery subject. That's next after Bob Dylan. Who's got a beard that's long and white? Santa's got a beard that's long and white. Who comes around on special night? Santa comes around on special night. Special night, beard that's white. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Who has boots and suit of red? Santa wears boots and suit of red. Who has a long cap on his head? Santa wears a long cap.
I should really embrace the season of goodwill. Having been somewhat unkind about uh, jolly old Bob the other week, I felt that maybe there were there were other sides to Bob that I wasn't experiencing in a good way. And actually, I love his Christmas album, Christmas in the Heart. And my pick of the album is that because whoever it was that said to Bob Dylan, Bob, you should do a Christmas album, or Bob Dylan waking up one day and going, you know what, I should really do a Christmas album. I, I think that is enormous fun. It is so silly. I mean, why do they chant all the half the American presidents halfway through. It's just it's it it sounds like everyone recorded it drunk, which is the be- it's always the sign of the best Christmas record, isn't it? If someone sounds sober, it's not a great Christmas record, I don't think. But I, I love that. I think it's brilliant. It must be Santa by uh, Bob Dylan. What I love about that is that to get the that wintry snowbound feel mm. that they recorded it in May at Jackson <laughs> Brown's recording studio in Santa Monica, California. <laughs> It doesn't get any more festive than that, does it, really? But that is, that's just great fun. I love it. It's a, it's a sweet album. There's a terrific video for Must Be Santa as well. And also mm. excellent that, like the Killers, um, Dylan arranged for all royalties to go to charities. So uh, he doesn't make a penny from it. That's very good. Yeah, fair now, play. Wow, I'm, I'm having my opinions changed on all sorts of people that annoy me. Brandon Flowers, Bob Dylan. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that Theresa May raises a lot of money for charity. <laughs> and then where will I be? Although I would like to hear her Christmas album. It would be interesting, I think. <laughs> um, progress to, progress it isn't always necessarily a bad thing. Life changes, as we know mm-hmm. only too well this year, often rapidly. If we didn't embrace change, we'd be getting about on horse and carts and reading parchments by candlelight. So changes in music needn't be catastrophic. But just like in other industries or occupations, people will need to adapt. And Mm. on a side issue, we, we, we see this now in the cinema industry. This month, Warner Brothers announced that all of its movies will stream on HBO on the same day of release to cinemas, which potentially is the end for the, the often faceless big concrete block cinemas in shopping malls. But a lot of people um, will choose to watch movies on their on their big screen where, where they can, you, know, you can choose who, mm. who you watch with, you can pause the movie when you want, you can eat and drink what you want. Most British cinemas, some independents accepted, they do offer a soulless experience, I think, mm. those shopping malls. Now, I'm linking uh, this to how this week's top 40 um, UK top 40 singles chart shows the record business has no way back. And I'm going to have to take a deep breath here because in the Christmas week top 40, we have the Ronettes, Paul McCartney, John and Yoko, Slade, Brenda Lee, Wizard, Chris Rea, Elton, Band-Aid, Shaking Stevens, Pogues, Wham, Mariah. And that's not mm. even all of them. The, the I mean, basically, basically all, all of the Christmas bangers, essentially. Exactly. Now, nobody has gone into a shop or star uh, store uh, to to buy these. They are they are either online digital purchases or streaming like Spotify. Uh, be, now, because of 
you, you could say because of covid maybe people living in smaller living spaces mm. convenience ease of use physical product is all but over with some exceptions that we'll come to um and i'm sure juliet will 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 you know pursue the case for that as well but mm. that's the record business i'm talking about not the music business people still love and want music it's just physical product hold it in your hand product is gone the latest stats from the uk charts company mm. show that this year only 11.4% of all of the charts is collated from the sales of cds cassettes or vinyl mm. records are the horse and cart of the music business, Jules. Well, it's interesting you should say that. Yes, I think I think that like with a lot of things, and I think the cinema is a good example, actually. It's a good parallel. The age of the uh, barn cinema, the uh, the aircraft hangar, 20 quid, and then a five five quid for a packet of popcorn the size of a small child. I think that, that kind of era is over. Yet smaller arts house cinemas that show slightly more unusual things obviously corona means kind of all bets are off at the moment but but equally it's all um it's all uh yeah it, it does seem a little bit uh a, a, a little bit like things have become more bespoke maybe that has been the human reaction to having so much choice maybe the fact that we can have whatever we want means that that there's so much choice that everything's kind of splintered hasn't it we don't have i think the demise of top of the pops is so, and the demise of any kind of regular music programming the charts were a hugely unifying thing and that they just they're not now we've talked about it previously haven't we how they're just not you know there just isn't that kind of they're not the fulcrum of british culture that they once were there was a time when everyone knew what was in the hit parade and that that just isn't here anymore where physical some physical product is still thriving is perhaps the the independent kind of sort of sphere mm. and actually it might not necessarily be the problem with the physical product itself i recently went to hmv with another my friend dave another member of this parish and uh, we mm. went and had a look in hmv and hmv have gone into records in a an actual physical vinyl in a big way now they i remember going in there when it's just you know there were a couple of pots at the back when it was just all starting again and now there's there's huge amounts of racks when you go in you know i wouldn't say half the shops given to it but certainly a quarter or so of the forest floor space i'd say was vinyl in hastings hmv which is on one floor and one thing that we noticed going through things you made a bit of a game of it in the end we'd mm. end up pulling a record out seeing how much it was and then i would look it up on norman records which is an excellent big online retailer or you know wherever and Every, almost every time it would be a tenner cheaper on Norman Good than it would grief. be. So I think Portis had the live in NYC at the Rose Bowl album. Um, that was thirty four ninety nine in HMV, oh. and I think it was twenty four ninety nine in Norman on Norman. And and it does make you think. Maybe it's not the physical product because vinyl sales have continued to increase lots of. And we talked last week about, you know, lots of people trying to cash in on that. Paul McCartney and his no many Lord, coloured yeah. album rather than many coloured coats. And, and coloured vinyl is a big thing. And cassettes now are coming back as well. I, I, I Just when I thought I'd reached peak hipster last summer, I was offered the opportunity by somebody, uh, some retailer online to purchase the 10th anniversary edition of Lungs by Florence and the Machine, who I'm fond of, on limited limited edition burgundy cassette just when you think it can't get any more hipster it does and i'm not saying that isn't ridiculous but the problem is not i mean there is a market out there for the, the vinyl revival the, the record seems to be becoming genuinely popular again either on a cult level or actually i think it's going beyond cult now but 
it's but you have to sell things at a price at which people will buy them and the fact of the matter is it isn't enough to be hmv anymore i mean independent shops are thriving selling vinyl they're very popular and and that seems to be going well so it's not necessarily and actually i kind of agree with you it's not necessarily a bad thing maybe it's the end of the pointless excesses of the record business, yes. the uh, the taking people for mugs of the record business, the idea that it was sort of a monopoly, really, the idea that people will pay what you know whatever you want them to. I still remember paying fifteen ninety nine for CDs in the early noughties, which you look back now is just ridiculous, mm. really. And actually, I, maybe I, I think I think there will always be a place for physical physical products. It is not the main driver now because we've moved into an internet world and the world we found ourselves in this year with everything having to move online has only accelerated that I think but having said that I think there is a market for physical products and that is something that people will want and will continue to want however people like HMV have got to accept that the world is not as it was and they 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 have to be competitive or they will die out and you know they've already lost a lot of their the flagship store on on Oxford Street's gone I think and and their big kind of big ticket scores have stores have gone they would say it's because everything's moved online the fact that they are selling you know stuff like reissues of Oasis for 38 pounds might be might be a re, might be a bigger reason behind it really so like you I I I probably have more hope for physical product than you do. But having said that, I, I think it's in a very specific arena. And I think that, you know, the the big boys did not move fast enough in realising that. Mm. Well, I've got no brief for Spotify, but they get an unfair press over their, their payments. They don't pay artists uh they pay the rights holders whether that be a record Mm. company or a publisher or one of the new rights holders that we talked about the other week like universal or hypnosis and if an artist has signed signed um a bad percentage deal with their record company that's Mm. not the fault of spotify or other streaming services absolutely i just think um, the reason i'm saying this is because i think actually in the long run streaming services like spotify can actually prove to be this is why i say this can be a positive thing and actually um the artists might even be better off because of all of its incoming revenue spotify's uh, spotify pays 70 percent to rights holders now that's not bad that's a higher rate than many charities i actually checked this today many charities don't give that higher percentage to the causes from their income so 70 mm. percent, not bad Rights holders on average get about $4.37 for a thousand streams. Mm. Now, that might not seem a lot uh, if you say, oh, but that doesn't work um, because, uh, you know, a thousand CDs, they get a lot more than that. But that's comparing apples with pears. If you buy a CD or a vinyl product, vinyl record, you buy it once and the artist might get 50 pence or a Mm. quid out of that. But that's it. There's 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 no ongoing. It's a one-off purchase. But streaming gives you the long tail of ongoing revenue per every thousand streams. I'd be so, interested to see how that adds up over time. I think it's 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 well, it, it seems a very small piece of the pie to me. But who knows? It's a, the, the, for about two hundred and fifty streams, you would get about the same amount that you would get for the sale of one. Uh, single or one Mm. single CD Um, but you get that notionally forever and my point is that if an artist can't generate interest from listeners to gain enough streams then that's not Spotify 
finest fault either because those people wouldn't be going out mm. and buying the records either if you're not interested, maybe maybe you yeah the artists you know moaning and i i have sympathy for them on social media saying oh you know i'm not getting anything back from spotify the, the sad answer to much of that is people aren't interested enough in your music if they were you would make an income um from it so well, my main point mm, maybe. is that the decline of record shops and record sales is a shame from a nostalgia point of view, though those specialised specialist shops can continue to survive, maybe even thrive through the sales of uh, vinyl to a small fan base, uh, perhaps. But the difference being is that in HMV, as you so brilliantly illustrated, it's a soulless, rotten experience where, you know, you need deep mm. pockets. Whereas you go to somewhere like your local record store, Wow and Flutter in Hayes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're welcoming. Absolutely, yeah. You might find some gems in amongst them. Absolutely. And you've got a feeling that you belong. None oh, of which you get yeah, at HMV. Could, yeah, absolutely. So I completely it can, agree. It can be a good thing to progress and find that music... Music has a magical quality. We know when it could be, mm. and this, this, the streaming way, you could summon it from seemingly nowhere in a matter of a few seconds, play it at home, out walking, in the car, anywhere, anytime that's progress. But I understand as well that there will be people that want to collect a vinyl album with a 12 by 12 sleeve that they might want to display, look at, you know, get the, the ta mm. tactile experience. But the record business as the HMV model is gone. Mm, I think it probably has. And actually, because it's, it failed to adapt, you know, it's, it's why on earth are HMV selling stuff at a tenner more than it, than it should be. And, and it's just, you know, the people that, that, and weirdly, it's the people that go to HMV that buy the music there that aren't, that don't really know much about music I, d I don't think really it's it's interesting and like you say why not embrace the small local experience that's a much nicer thing coming right up our, our suggestions for the best Christmas albums of all time mm. that's right uh, right after this rather lovely cover of uh, Joni Mitchell it's by James Taylor it's coming on Christmas they're cutting down trees Putting up reindeer, singing songs of joy and peace I wish I had a river I could skate away on Yeah, but it don't snow here Stays pretty green You won't make a lot of money and Spit this crazy scene I wish I had a river That I could skate away on Oh, I wish I had a river so wide I could teach my feet to fly away Yeah, I wish I had a river I could skate away all But I'm so hard to handle I'm selfish and I'm sad And I think I was the only best baby That I ever had Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on Tried hard to help me, tried 
try to put me at ease She loved me so naughty, made me weak in my knees Yeah, I wish I had a rhythm I could skate away So wide, I could teach my feet fly. Yeah, I wish I had a river, I could skate away. Oh. I made my baby cry. And I made my baby say goodbye And I wish I had a rhythm I could skate away oh. I could skate away This song originally from Joni Mitchell's uh, mm. album Blue. It's my favourite Christmas song. And here delivered, I think, beautifully. He has such a reassuring, warm voice, which is particularly welcome in troubled times from the album James Taylor at Christmas. That was James Taylor and River. Well, I'm sorry, I jokingly chastised you before recording for playing the wrong version of River. But actually, I have to say, if it has to be by anyone but Joni Mitchell, if I didn't already have a dad that I loved very much, I wish that James Taylor was my dad. He just seems like such a, a lovely, lovely guy. And I love his music. And I think that's a really nice version. So I'll allow it because it's Jolly James Taylor. That's so beautifully put, because I think that's exactly it. He's the world's uh, second dad. Isn't he, he is. I just love him. I think he's he's just he's had such a troubled life yet he's made such beautiful music and i just he just seems he just seems like a like a gentle soul and i i you know i, I wish james taylor every good wish so uh so yeah i'm uh i'm happy to james and Joni. i think are always sort of to, for together forever aren't they really i think i think that i think there was a lovely picture from a couple of years ago when Joni went to see james taylor and she wasn't terribly well at the yeah. time i think but she'd had that aneurysm i think and wasn't great and there was a lovely picture of her and him hugging afterwards and it, it just it felt like sort of at all time it elapsed and none no time it elapsed really if you see what i mean i'm, I'm a huge fan of james and Joni forever as far as i'm concerned me too oh, christmas is going to be very different for many people this year yes, i'm stating the obvious there mm-hmm. um some people may find themselves on their own by choice or circumstances and mm. whatever the situation we're kind of hoping you might find it of value if we bring to your attention some Christmas albums that specialise in bringing some cheerfulness, whether on yes. Christmas morning or in perhaps one case um, in particular later in the day when a more calm mood might be preferred. Mm. I think I've, I did notice that we've each picked um, sort of rather upbeat or reassuring records. There are yes, some we Christmas, have, I think. Yeah, there's some Christmas, Christmas albums I quite like, but I, I 
to haven't picked um, those because um, one or two of them are, I suppose, a little bit sort of sad and reflective mm. and perhaps even a little bit maudlin. I thought, no, I'm just going to go for the upbeat. So my first choice was released in November 1964. And we all know a few songs from it as they crop up this time of year mm. on the radio and Christmas compilations. It's the Beach Boys Christmas album. Mm. And it really is outstanding. Um Brian Wilson produced and arranged it. It's got a 41-piece orchestra. It has <laughs> something else, isn't it? Good old Brian. You can always remind him to make more and more, can't you? Absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's a mix of Brian Wilson originals, uh, incredible Beach Boys harmonies, classics like White Christmas and Frosty the Snowman. Mm. Um, one, one amusing bit. Oh, it's got Hal Blaine playing on it, of course, from The Wrecking Crew. Has this got Little St. Nick on it, or is that on another yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I that's love right. that. Yeah, that's so, so some of them we know from mm. the, the singles that turn up each year. Um, one amusing bit is right at the end where they copy the end of um, Phil Spector's Christmas album. It's, it's either a <laughs> pastiche or mm. a, a Mickey tape, b- b- Mickey tape, because Dennis Might be a Wilson... Bit, a little from column A, a little from column B, I suspect. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Dennis Wilson pops up calling himself Denny, and he does mimic... <laughs> The Christmas message of Phil Spector with a sort of mm. sugary message of love to the world. It's, it's a terrific <laughs> album, the Beach Boys Christmas album. Um, what's your first Christmas album, Jules? Well, I'm going to pick this because I think it's a real treat. And actually, I I have like you, I haven't necessarily picked the the best albums ever. I've tried to pick ones that either are a bit upbeat, like you say, or that I think people might not not necessarily know about. I would have otherwise have picked the Charlie the Charlie Brown and Peanuts, the Vince Guaraldi Christmas album because I think that's lovely. But I felt that was a little bit too downbeat, really. Mm. So I thought I'd pick this. There's some really well picked covers on this, and I think it's just a, a lovely album, a quality stream. A seasonal selection for all the family by Nick Lowe. I absolutely love this record, and I nearly picked his version of "I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day," which weirdly sounds like the way that he does it in a slightly rockabilly style. It sounds a bit like a theme tune to Only Fools and Horses. I find myself singing "Stick a Pony in My Pocket" at the beginning of it, but it's a it's a lovely album, I think, and it's just Nick Lowe having a really nice time, and I have a nice time listening to that record. I think really, I think it's such a it's, it, there are parts of it that are very moving actually but it's such a lovely record and it, it really does feel like a family album so I would always I would always recommend that that always cheers me up no end I played it, uh, it this afternoon I, I mm. haven't played it since uh, yeah, for quite a while I must say and um, it really is a great great album Cra- it's, 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 it's beautifully done uh, it's in a variety of styles and it's just it's just done so straight and beautifully mm. and the one track that i really really love is the one about being stuck in an airport at christmas which sounds yes. sad but it's actually <laughs> really funny and it, it says um you know all about these the trials of him being stuck yeah. in an airport at christmas, christmas at it, the airport it's, it's called yeah that's right and it, it you know one of the lines is you know uh, uh, don't uh, sort of saying to the his partner at home. Don't worry about the turkey. I found a burger in a bin. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just uh you know, and he goes for a snooze in in some closet somewhere in this. It's just absolutely brilliant. It's a joy. It's a joy. And my my album, the one I said that was um, perhaps for a karma situation, my album for Christmas afternoon when you may want to relax, also good for mm. Christmas Eve afternoon or evening, is the yeah. is the album we heard a, a track from a few minutes ago. Mm. It's James Taylor at Christmas. And as we were saying, James James Taylor, he, he never pretends to be what he's not. He's, he's generally mm. gentle. Very he's true. got a kind, warm voice. 
always always seems to hit an emotional spot and every james taylor song is timeless which is is mm. what makes this collection so great to have on your playlist it's very true it has glockenspiel it's got harmonium and it's got yo-yo ma on cello so you know mm. it's, what it's more got, could you ask for frankly could, what, that is glorious it's got chestnuts roasting on an open fire santa claus is coming to town winter wonderland all beautiful james taylor at christmas Oh, that's a gorgeous album. Oh, you've reminded me of how much I liked it, actually. So I will treat myself to that tomorrow, I think. And your next, uh, your second choice, George. Well, and this is, weirdly, this is a very lockdown relevant for me because this was the last group that I saw live before lockdown happened and we couldn't see live music anymore. And I'm a huge fan of the group anyway. They're called the Papini Sisters. They're basically a sort of postmodern version of the Andrews Sisters. I had seen them before. Um, They do the sort of three of them sort of glammed up, do this close harmony singing, and they do very sort of quirky covers. I think they first came to attention. They did, they do a kind of a, a slightly erratic version of I Will Survive, which is quite entertaining and uh, they did what i've seen them do wuthering heights as well and they they are really talented they're really good fun if, if, if we can get the live music show back on the road eventually i would very much recommend them as a sort of a live offering and their christmas album i think i'm surprised that it hasn't gone on to be like as mm. phil Spector because it is so good and i just I, i'm really surprised that it isn't um that it is it hasn't been more loved really it came out 10 years ago it was released on verve so they have proper sort of jazz chops really um and it's called christmas with the papini sisters it was their third studio album there are 10 cover versions of christmas songs their version of all i want for christmas is you which is kind of a sort of a almost a new orleans kind of funeral sort of version but very kind of it makes me think of what's the film is it live and let die where where it starts with the new orleans funeral and they say what funeral is it and they say yours and shoot the person dead it's it sounds like the funeral music from that but really and it, you know them doing step into christmas and last christmas so it's it basically it's every christmas song you would like to hear done by the papini sisters with great panache and style and it's again it's a joyful record i would recommend it unreservedly well i'm doubling up on all of your choices because they are all absolutely wonderful and i listened to this one this afternoon the papini sisters as well and they just overall generally their voices are so perfect and they're their harmonies on. are spot on Absolutely aren't they they really are they are really and they're really re- i mean just seeing them live they just are in each other's heads it's incredible it, it, it is it is absolutely remarkable and the great thing about this day of their christmas album is it is so cheerful and uplifting mm, you can't it really help is. but be pulled along with it um my final choice is is so obvious you'll all have been one step ahead of me here but <laughs> yeah it, one of the most exciting sounds on the radio before the Beatles in the early 60s amongst all the Frank Ifield and Alma Cogan bless mm. them was the thrilling sound of the Crystals Darling Love the Ronettes the amazing sound uh, generated by Phil Spector and at Christmas 1963 I was a very very young boy The album, A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector, was absolutely everywhere because it had Mm. no competition. All the Christmas songs those days were sung by middle-of-the-road people like Harry Seacombe, Jimmy Young, uh, Kathy Kirby. Phil Spector's album was a massive breakthrough and it's remained a Christmas staple for nearly 60 Mm. years. Uh, Hal Blaine on drums on here as well. Um, The Crystals, the Ronettes, 
Bobby socks and the blue jeans, uh, darling lovers, we said, and that whoosh of the Phil Spector wall of sound. Mm. In my view, the best Christmas album ever, a Christmas gift for you. And I feel that by great spirit of Christmas generosity, I let you have that pick instead of taking it from myself. I completely agree with you. It's a wonderful, wonderful. And I still remember the first time that I heard songs from it on the radio when my dad and I used to. I mean, there was one winter I particularly remember one Christmas, which was I don't think it was actually snowy at Christmas, but it seemed to be snowy in the run up to it. I must have this must have been in the mid to late 90s, I would say. I must have been about 13 or so. And I remember us driving round the sort of village near where they lived and it was all sort of picturesque and I remember mm. hearing a uh, sleigh ride and Frosty the Snowman on the radio I remember saying to my dad what's this I love this and he was sort of I think he was quite appalled that I didn't know what it was although I think I pointed out at the time that it was their fault for not bringing me up on it really but anyway <laughs> we soon we soon rectified it and got it on CD as you did in those days I do have a copy of this on vinyl thanks to my friend Dave but uh, yeah it's, it's, just a, it's just a masterpiece isn't it really it's just mm. everything about that record is perfect it's wonderful now, before we hear um, from Juliet and her last choice, which, again, I thoroughly endorse, mm, um, we, she's going to tell us about that. But then we're going to play out with a track from it. So before yes. we get to that, I just we, you know, want to say um, we both want to say thanks very much for listening. It's been so nice to have you with us during what has been the maddest year ever, frankly. It has also, for us, been a year where we've not had a week off. We've gone all the way through, which has been so. it's been such a joy to have this, uh, well, a joy to work with you, Terence, and a joy to have this sort of in our lives each week and to have sort of people tweeting us and getting in touch with us to say that they're that they're listening to it and even better that they're enjoying it. It's It's just been really nice to be around with you this year, so thank you. And if you uh, do listen, we're one of the people that does uh, listen immediately after we publish this. Um, uh, we really do hope that you stay safe and well. Yes, absolutely. I, 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 my name's Juliet Harris and I endorse this message very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, choose your final choice and then you're going to lead us into a, a track from it to play us out. I will do, yeah. And uh, thank you for, for letting me do this to, to finish. Um, I, I don't know how many people do know about this record. I think it's it's more known, I think, than it used to be. But it's by um, a band called Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. And it's called, um, and I always misremember the name of it because it feels quite, it feels more complicated to me than it should be. But it's called It's a Holiday Soul Party. I always put the word Christmas in there, even though it shouldn't have the word Christmas in it. And um, Sharon Jones, just the extraordinary life of Sharon Jones she was born in 1956 and she did not have her first hit record she didn't release her first record until she was 40 so she really was she was a gospel singer in church and she uh, she um, she worked for years as a corrections officer at Rikers Island and she was an armored car guard for Wells Fargo <laughs> and then ended up becoming a backing singer she she was something else Sharon Jones she really was and she um launched um the, she was on Daptone Records her first release was the her, their first release was her first release and Sharon Jones and the Dapkins made a number of amazing records and they made this record which i just think is such a wonderful record it's sort of soul it's it's, it's got joy in it it's serious where it needs to be serious but it's just so uplifting mostly because of the force of nature that was sharon jones she just had a huge personality and a huge voice and i'm so sorry that she's not with us anymore but i think this is such a a lovely compilation every time i listen to her I always uh, give thanks for the fact that we had sharon jones with us for a while i think it's a gorgeous record and i would recommend it to anyone really and i 
I thought I'd go I'd go with a slightly more soulful and reflective end of it, but I think this is a, a thunderous version. So uh, Sharon Jones, may she rest in power with the Dap Kings, and this is Silent Night. So-
You've been listening to a Parish Council production.